So I got to ask you, you just said that it was the happiest day of your life. Yeah. Is your wife going to listen to this episode? Because... <laughs> Welcome to the Exploring Washington State podcast. Here's your host, Scott Cowan. Welcome to this episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast. I am uh, talking today with Everett Fitzhugh, who is the radio play-by-play announcer for the Seattle Kraken. So here's a guy who talks more than me, um, and I love that. So Everett, can you just... Well, first off, welcome to Washington, because you're not from here originally. So what's the story? How did you end up here? Yeah, uh, so I I mean honestly, I, I tell folks all the time the the story of me getting here is uh something out of a Hollywood movie. Uh there was an article that was written about me. Uh I'm the only black play-by-play announcer at any level of professional hockey. So uh, Todd Lywicki, our CEO, read an article about me and he he emailed me out of the blue, which (laughs) I've worked in sports my entire adult life. The CEO of a major league team doesn't email you. So when I saw Todd Lywicki in the email email line, I I didn't believe it. I thought it was spam. I thought it was one of uh, some of my other coworkers playing a joke on me. That's what I would have thought. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't even answer it for like a day and a half maybe. about a day. Yeah. So I left him sitting there in the inbox for a bit. Um, but I, ultimately I replied to it. We had a great conversation and he said that he loved my story and he wanted to know more about me. So we had a great conversation. Um, and he wanted to keep in touch. And then he told me about the NHL Seattle. We weren't even the Kraken yet. We were still NHL Seattle. So, um, well then COVID hit and the whole world <laughs> turned upside down and, um, I got furloughed for my job. I was living in Cincinnati working for a double a hockey team at the time so uh baseball reference there you've got double uh, a hockey triple a hockey and then the nhl so i was at double a um so he uh i'm sitting there my wife and i uh my my fiance at the time now my wife uh we're coming back from the grocery store and she was like you ever hear back from that crack or that at uh, hockey team in seattle and i was like ah no you know i, I think we're just gonna it's it's a pandemic they got more important things to worry about than hiring a radio guy well uh, I don't know, again, out of a movie, uh, because we're coming back from the grocery store and I checked my phone, uh, going through my email inbox. And then there's Todd, uh, emailed me again. And he said, Hey, I know the whole world is, is, is gone through something right now, but we're still building toward our future. And I want to know if you'd still be interested in, in, in a position here. And if so, I'll, put you in touch with our, uh, with our people and we'll, we'll start the hiring process. So, um, uh, the interview process. So okay. once I, I picked my jaw up off the floor, uh, I turned to my, I turned to Shelly and I was like, so where that conversation we just had about 20 minutes ago. Yeah. Here you go. Here's my phone. We got an email. Um, <laughs> I, I kid you not. I kid you not. Wow. Uh, All right. so 
We had a bunch of Zoom interviews, obviously. We had a few phone calls. They were gracious enough to, to fly Shelly and I out here to Seattle um, for an in-person meeting. I got to meet Todd. I got to meet folks that I would be working with. I got to tour the arena site as it was being uh, constructed. Um, and, and, you know, they they were trying to sell me on the Kraken, and, and or I guess sell me on the NHL in Seattle and, and sell me on the job. But I'm saying to myself, guys, I should be trying to sell you on me. I, I, I'm coming. <laughs> if you offer me the job, I'm coming. You don't stop digging. You've already so, but, so you, but your negotiation strategy would be bad if you would have, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we get back to Cincinnati. Um, and then July 14th, happiest day of my life. Uh, I get a phone call from uh, my my now boss, uh, Katie Townsend. And, and she said, we'd love to offer you the job. So uh, Shelly and I were sitting on the couch. I put it on speakerphone, so she heard it too. Um, you know, so we're we're jumping up and down, we're laughing, we're crying, we're hugging each other, and uh, moved out here on um, October first of twenty twenty. So that uh, that's how it happened from from an article uh, that was read uh, back in um, late February of twenty twenty until August uh, October first uh, is my journey from uh, from Cincinnati to to here to Seattle. So I got to ask you, you just said that it was the happiest day of your life. Yeah. Is your wife going to listen to this episode? Because <laughs> that was the happiest day of my life up till that point. Because uh, a few other things happened, okay. have happened okay. since we've gotten married. Yeah, we were okay. actually uh, the day, the day we left for uh, Seattle, we drove across country from Cincinnati. The day we left for Seattle, uh, we were supposed to get married the next day. Uh, oh. That was our original wedding date, but because of COVID, um, we had to push everything back. So we actually got married here in Seattle with a few of our friends um, okay. on October 15th. Okay. And then we had our wedding. We just had our wedding back in September. So we've been legally married for over a year. Okay. Uh, but we, we had our ceremony back in September. Yeah, just trying to keep you out of hot water with, nope. you know, the nope. wife. Yeah. So up until, up until that point, that was the, the happiest day okay. of my life. <laughs> So because you brought this up already, I'm, I got to ask you, this is the hard hitting journalism I got to hit yeah, you with. That's fine. Skyline or Gold Star? Oh my goodness. Well, so Skyline, because they were a, a sponsor of the Cincinnati Cyclones, um, personally, I did like either. I, I'm not a Cincinnati Chili fan. I I don't like either. I, you know, I... I don't get I, it. I will I say, it. if you, if people who are listening to this, if you find yourself in Cincinnati, try it just to say you did. I mean, it's 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 famous in Cincinnati. It's what they're known for. I would mm-hmm. recommend trying it. I tried it. Eh, take it or leave it. <laughs> my uh, my kids ended up moving to Cincinnati with their mom. Okay. The my first my first trip out to see the kids they. They were little and they said, we got to take you to Skyline. I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. And I'm like, what is this? Yeah. They love it. I mean, they still, they, they both, both my kids, well, my, my son lives here in Wenatchee and my daughter lives in Europe now, but they, yeah. it was so, I'm like, I don't get it. I just don't when, get it, but it's a Cincinnati thing. When you can drink thing. chili through a straw, I'm, yeah. I, I, I've done that before. It's, and again, it's unique. Uh, okay. It's, it's uniquely Cincinnati. 
mm-hmm. but it wasn't for me. It wasn't for me. <laughs> well, so I did just a little bit, just a little bit of, of you know, backstory on you, very little. Yeah. But you grew up in Detroit. I did. So keeping it on the same, the same level as Cincinnati for a second. What's Detroit well known for? Like Cincinnati's got this chili thing going on. Yep. What, what, what's Detroit's food that's kind of the rest of the world might go, what? what's that? Or does so, Detroit have that? Uh, we, we've got two things. So Detroit has um, its own version of, of a Coney. Like we've got Coney Islands, which are like New York. So you've got actual length hot dog you put mustard onions on it um and 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 the chili obviously so you've got that and then we have the um six corner square pizza so uh if if any of you out there have heard of jets pizza or buddy's pizza uh that is a those are detroit style pizza places and it's known by the the thick crust around the outside okay yeah all right so, see, I told you, I warned you, this could go anywhere, right? That's fine. So, <laughs> I love it. You, so you grew up in Detroit, yeah. which is well known for hockey mm-hmm. and baseball. But, mm-hmm. well, but what drew you to hockey? You know, honestly, I uh, I I became a hockey fan um, in the third grade. All of my classmates were hockey fans, and you know, you, when you're in the third grade, what are you nine years old? You want to yeah, fit right. in, you know? They're right, they're, right. they're 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 hockey fans. I want to be a hockey fan. So <laughs> I hadn't really I hadn't really paid attention to hockey that much. I was I'm a, I still am a huge baseball fan. So growing up in Detroit, um, most of my formative years were spent watching baseball and listening to Ernie Harwell and the Tigers. Uh, I was a basketball fan as well. So I love the Pistons. Um, But luckily for me, the Red Wings were the best team in the NHL for a good decade when I was growing up. They won back-to-back Stanley Cups in 97, 98. Um, They went to another final, I want to say in like 02 maybe. And then they went again in 08 when I was in college. So the Red Wings kind of, they they were one of the best. So it was actually pretty cool for me to be able to have that. Um, So I went home one day and I watched a Red Wings game and they just happened to be playing the Edmonton Oilers. And on the Oilers, there were two black players. And that was huge. I'd, I'd never seen black people playing hockey. I'd never known right. that black black folks were, you know, we, were, we weren't into hockey. You know, we, I was always told, oh, black, you know, you're black. You got to play basketball. You got to play football. I never thought that hockey was for me. And then here I see two black dudes playing for the Oilers. And I was like, yo, hey, all right, this is kind of cool. Um, and then a couple of years later, Edmonton adds a third uh, black player. So now there's three black players on the Oilers. Uh, there is one stretch of time, late 90s, early 2000s. I think there were probably five or six Oilers, uh, black players on the Oilers um, oh. throughout you know, a, a five to six, seven year period. So that was huge for me. Um, so I luckily we lived uh, close enough to the Canadian border in Detroit, Windsor's right over the border. So we got to watch Hockey Night in Canada. So I watched it every single week and I watched the Oilers all the time. And I got to see Jerome McGinley, who played for the Calgary Flames and, um, you know, watching Toronto and, and Montreal and all of these great uh, uh, classic historic NHL franchises. And I fell in love with the game. And then obviously the Red Wings were winning. So it helps when you're when you have uh, uh, you know, you have the front runner living, you know, 
playing right in your hometown. So that's how I became a hockey fan. Um, I, I just fell in love. The speed of the game, the strength and the the beauty of, of hockey is, is something that, you know, you have to see to believe. And, and in my later years when I was working in hockey, I always told folks, I said, listen, I will buy you your first hockey game and you only need two periods so if I'm not even going to give you the full game. I'm going to give you 40 minutes to fall in love with the game. And I remember when I was in Youngstown, one of the places that I worked, I actually uh, would carry tickets around with me. I would carry vouchers around if I ever went to a bar or to a restaurant and I'd strike up a conversation. And I actually, the year that I was there, I think I probably um, turned three, four, five people into season ticket holders uh, just by giving them those vouchers at a bar. Like, hey, Phantoms are home this Friday. Check out the game. Let me know what you think. And then sure enough, hey, we just bought season tickets. Love this. So um, <laughs> I, I, I fell in love with it at an early age. And again, the Red Wings and, and the Oilers had a, had a huge, huge part in that. Uh, how old were you when you got to go to your first uh, hockey game? So um, I didn't go to my I didn't actually go see my first hockey game until I was in college. Uh, okay, so you had 10 years, let's ten just say. Years. Yeah. Okay, 10 years, a decade of following hockey on TV. Mm-hmm. During that time, did you listen to it on the radio as well, or did you just watch it on TV? I just watched it on TV. I listened to a couple of games here and there on the radio. Um, I went to high school, so I'm from Detroit, uh, but I went to high school up in Ann Arbor, so I listened to Michigan hockey on the radio, so I got to listen <laughs> to a couple of co- some college hockey games, um, and then a handful of Red Wings here or there, but okay. uh, I, I really only watched it um, on on TV. So when you were in college, so a decade of following hockey, so you know the sport now, right? I'm going to guess mm-hmm. you, you pay attention, you know the sport. Yep. Were you prepared for the difference between watching it on TV and seeing it live? No. Oh, no. No, no, no. Watching hockey live is the best experience you will have as a sports fan because every other sport translates well to television and in Mm -hmm. fact in the case of football i would much rather sit in my living room with a six-pack of Coors light than go to a game i would much rather just watch football on tv hockey you have to be in the arena you you don't understand and you don't pick up the speed and the grace and just how awesome the game is until you go watch it live. Well, as I told you before we hit record, I, I have not, uh, I know nothing about hockey. I, I know, you know, I, I like sports. I pay attention, but yeah. you know, I, I'm not, but I can't remember when, and I think it was Fox and no disrespect to the Fox network, but they tried to bring hockey to TV yep. with a, an electronic, you know, like they kept a light on the puck. Yeah. I tried to watch that and I just, I couldn't do it. I just, I'm like, I know there's something here. I know there's mm-hmm. something that seems cool, but it just, it left me flat on TV. And I feel that same way about soccer. Mm-hmm. So, cause I just, once again, I don't get the sport all that well, but a friend of mine took me to a Sounders match and I walked out of there going, wow, that was 90 minutes. That was a whole lot of fun. That was yep. crazy. Yep. So I'm going to hope that my ho- my first hockey experience is similar to that in the sense of like, wow, this is really cool. Yeah. 
Okay. And I, I can guarantee you it will be. I promise you. Okay. And again, a lot of folks have that same reaction. They they go into it not knowing the game, not knowing the sport. Um, but all it takes is a willingness to to want to go, a wanting right. to right. Uh, to want to be there. And I think once you're there and once you're in that space, you will have the exact same reaction. This goes way back. This predates me, but my mom... Uh, I, I grew up in Tacoma, south of okay. th- south of Seattle there. And so back then they had the um, Tacoma Rockets and yeah. the Seattle Ironmen, so the minor league hockey, and I don't know what division it was. But my mom and her mom and dad, they went my, – my mom's not a sports fan. And she gushes about her time going to see the Tacoma Rockets. And somewhere in my office I've got a puck that my grandfather caught. Um, wow. It, it, from, a, from a Rockets game back in the 50s. Anyway, so <laughs> – I've always just, you know, I, it, hockey's been that sport I hadn't followed because it's, you know. But you started following it third grade through mm-hmm. high school. You went to college. What was your plan in college? What, what, why did you go to, what did you go to college for? Let's, let's put it that way. I wanted, so I, I went to college initially for broadcast journalism. Um, I, I knew that I wanted to work in sports but I wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to do. But I think in the back of my mind, like the, the end goal, I wanted to be uh, the late, great Stuart Scott. I wanted to be on the sports center desk, uh, you know, every night at 11 o'clock. That, that is what I saw my career morphing into when I first got to college. I didn't even think that play-by-play was an option, to tell you the truth. I, I didn't even know how you got into play-by-play. I just thought those guys like Vince Scully and, um, you know, Dave Niehaus and some of the greats, I thought they were just like growing on trees and just plucked out of the, out of so the you were sitting in your bedroom calling, calling games. No, I, was the, okay. I was not, okay. I was not, I didn't even know that was an option. So when you started college, you're going to, okay. When did you start? When did play-by-play present itself to you? Uh, it was uh, my freshman year. Uh, it was actually, and, and I'll tell you an, another baseball-related story. I'm sitting in my dorm room watching uh, a Tigers playoff game, and my my buddy comes into my dorm room, and he says, hey, you're uh, you're into sports, right? You want to work in sports, right? And I was like, yeah, eventually. And he goes, well, I heard about this group, uh, Bowling Green Radio Sports. Uh, they got a meeting in a half an hour. You want to go? And I'm like, the Tigers are on. I'm, I'm, trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to, it's playoffs, man. We 1984, we're trying to end the drought here. Uh, and he was like, don't care. Okay, Get I'm up. a Mariners we're, fan. No drought talk. All right. Just none, <laughs> none of that. None. <laughs> trying to end the drought here. Um, so uh, he was like, don't care. Get up. We're going. So I get up, <laughs> go to this meeting. And, you know, it's a bunch of 17, 18, 20 year old dudes sitting around talking hockey so or talking sports rather mm-hmm. i'm in heaven like i you know what i mean <laughs> I, found, I found a group of guys that just love to sit and argue about sports this was uh this was right around the time when cold pizza uh was was making its way onto the espn scene so we just sat around and talked talked about we were we were reenacting cold pizza every day it was awesome Um, so I, I went to this informational meeting and I loved what I heard. And, you know, I said, all right, you know, an opportunity to do basketball and baseball and football and hockey games. All right, sure. Why not? What the hell? I got nothing to lose. 
Um, so I start doing uh, board hopping. I start doing some intermission reports, some halftime shows for our broadcast. Did a couple of football game halftime shows, which is the big deal. Um, and then January of my freshman year, so January of 2007, um, an opportunity came up to be a color commentator for the hockey team. So the way that it worked was the men's uh, basketball team and the football team, they were um, contracted out through, um, uh, they had their own guy for that sport through the university. We were the student station that did those games. For women's basketball and hockey, the student station was the flagship. So we were, we were the sole broadcast entity for those games. So uh, we had a guy that was hired through the athletic department, but we used they used us as color analysts um, for those games. So I volunteered to do a game one time. Nobody wanted to do it. Um, everybody in the in the group they wanted to do basketball and football. Hockey wasn't too, wasn't sexy enough, I guess. Uh, so I, I volunteered to do a game, and I got my first color uh, analyst spot against the University of Alaska Fairbanks, the Nanooks. Uh, I want to say it was like January 25th, 2007. It was that last weekend. I said, I'll never forget that. And I, and I fell in love with broadcasting, and I fell okay. in love with broadcasting hockey, and, and I knew right then and there, like, yep. This is what I want to do with the rest of my life. I called my mom and I said, hey, we're putting all of our eggs in the hockey basket. We're, we're going to the NHL. Come hell or high water, somehow, some way, I'm going to get to the NHL in the radio booth. And, and that the rest, as they say, is history. Uh, I, I, knew, I knew very early on at 18 years old what I wanted to do when I grew up. <laughs> I saw online. That you had made a statement, something like you wanted to be in the NHL when you're at by forty. At forty, yeah. how old are you? Thirty three. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Thirty three. NHL by forty is 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 what I wanted to say, and and, yeah. and that was my goal, and I, I had every intention on on getting there, and and who knows, right? I mean, the journeys. This journey has been awesome and some people get to the NHL early. There are some guys, you know, who I know that I, I passed up and and I, I stepped over to get here and, and, you know, it's not lost on me that, you know, they're just as talented and they've been doing this. Some guys have been doing this longer than I've been on this planet. Um, So I, I definitely understand the, the lucky, rare position that I find myself in to, to be here. Uh, I got the job at 31 uh, and I just turned 33 a couple months ago. So, all right. Well, yeah. After, okay. So you you called your first game as a freshman. Yep. Where did you go from? So you, you went to Bowling Green. Yep. Okay. Why Bowling Green? Do they have a good, uh, journalism department or they did so um i i actually i went to school for broadcast journalism which their journalism program was one of the best uh in the country and then actually my minor was going to be german i took a little bit of german in high yeah i know i took a little bit of german in high school I went over to Austria for a couple of weeks when I was a uh, junior in high school for a, a brief foreign exchange program. Where? So, I got to uh, stop you. I, I, and there's a reason. Where, yeah. in, where in Austria? Uh, we went to Gra- Graz, Austria. Okay. My daughter lives in Linz. 
Oh, no, okay. Telfs. Okay. She lived in. She lives in Telfs. I apologize, Telfs, Mackenzie. Okay. She'll 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 critique me there. Just out of <laughs> but yeah, she, she that's where she lives. So yeah, okay. So that was Sorry. my minor. Um, so they had a great program for both broadcast journalism and for German. And then mm-hmm. I also knowing that I wanted to work in sports, I wanted to go to a school that had all four sports at the D one level, which is very very rare. There are only a handful of schools. I think there are probably ten or twelve schools in the country that have all four basketball, baseball, football, hockey that have so all I can think, four. I can think of Michigan yep. and Minnesota. Yep. Notre uh, with, Dame? Uh, yeah, Notre Dame, Wisconsin, Miami of Ohio, Western Michigan, Bowling Green, uh, Boston College. Um, I think I'm missing one. Yeah, but the one. list, of, you're right. The list, because yeah. I mean, there's, yeah, okay. There aren't that many. So I, okay. I wanted to go to all four, minimally that had all four sports, but mm-hmm. if they had them at the D1 level, that'd be even better. So um, okay. that was that was my goal. Uh, and that's what I wanted to do. So Bowling Green kind of rose to the top of that list. Um, I had a few other schools that I applied for, got accepted to, but I weighed my options and, and Bowling Green won out. Okay. Yeah. So after college, where'd you go? Uh, after college, I went uh, back home for six months. I worked at one of these headhunting firms uh, and I, a desk job from nine to five that I absolutely hated. No offense to people out there who work in desk jobs. It's, you know, it's hard work. This wasn't for you. It's one for me. Didn't like it. Um, so then I, I uh, went to um, Chicago where I worked for the USHL league office, which is the top junior league in the U.S. So I worked for their league office for a year and a half. I then went to Youngstown, Ohio to work for the Youngstown Phantoms of the USHL. I was there for a year. Um, and then after that, I went to Cincinnati, which is double A hockey uh, for mm-hmm. the Cyclones. So I worked uh, there for five years. Uh, met my wife and then uh, now I'm here in Seattle. So okay. my entire adult life has been spent in Michigan, Illinois, or Ohio until I moved out here. To here. So what is, give me a memorable takeaway from your time in Seattle so far. What, mm. what about Seattle has surprised you? Oh man, it's, it's been, there's been so many things uh, about Seattle. Um, but I, I think the one thing that is that is is surprised me so much. Not, not even I'm not even gonna say surprise, but the one thing that I've really enjoyed about Seattle is the passion that people here have for everything they do. If they're if they're a Mariners fan, they're a Mariners fan. If they're a Seahawks, if they're a sports fan, they are they live and die by their sports. If they are an outdoorsy person, they will go hike 15 miles a day up to the top of Mount Rainier and not break a sweat and then come back down. If they are if they are craft beer people, they will do a tour of Ballard, you know what I mean? Like the the passion that Seattleites have in everything they do, I I admire that and I absolutely love it. I've never heard people speak with the the reverence and and with the 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 love and the passion for something uh, that I have Seattleites and people who live here. One of the questions I ask everybody, and normally I wait towards the end, but we'll just slip it in here now. Yeah. Do you drink coffee? I do. Speaking of passion, okay. I do. What, what do you, where are you going for coffee these days? So here I am a very simple coffee person. Um, I, I, I do black coffee, 
two shots of espresso and then a splash of almond milk. Or if I'm feeling a little cocky, I'll do like a caramel macchiato. But I'm very, okay. very easy, very simple. Um, if I'm not going to Starbucks, I, I know Starbucks, it's in Seattle. But if I'm not going to Starbucks, I'll find like a, a very small kind of mom and pop roastery or something just mm-hmm. to try it out. And there's There's none of those in Seattle. None of those. I've not found a single small. It's all big corporate coffee. Right. So <laughs> drop a name on a small mom and pop that you've, you've, you've checked out. Oh, I don't know if I can do that. Ah, oh, let me yeah, see. There's so many. There's so well, just many. drop one. Just, you know, <sighs> what, what neighborhood do you live in? If you don't mind me, so asking I live in question. Greenwood. I live in Greenwood. So okay. there's a place called Diva coffee that I yep. really like. I like Diva. Yep. Yep. Um, Good coffee. And there's an, there's another place and I forget the name of it. But it's right across the street from the Angry Beaver. It's on Greenwood and uh, in between 85th and like 88th, something like. No, I'm sorry, 85th and 80, 80th, somewhere. I should that, know that, and I don't. Okay. In that little five block uh, radius yeah. there, so a little bit south of south of 85th. Um, okay. And it's like a little chocolate place. They've got like dynamite truffles, and they also okay. make some pretty good coffee there. And I forget the name of it. But it's right on the corner. I think of like Greenwood and eighty sixth, maybe. I think it's eighty sixth. It's yeah. it's hard to find bad coffee. In oh city. yeah, I've not had a bad it's, cup of coffee since in the city. It's hard. It's really you know even the Denny's ups their game. <laughs> drink diner coffee. <laughs> Denny's coffee, man, that's the best in Seattle. Yeah, hundred percent. It's delicious. Yeah, yeah. There we go. The Kraken. Yeah. What was it like that first night? Electrifying. Um, for me, it meant a little bit more because I actually missed the first six, uh, the first five games of our inaugural season. I had COVID. So I was sitting at home watching <sighs> on TV. Our first, all the lead up, all the build up. <clears throat> and I had to stay my butt on home. So oh. we went, uh, we did Vegas, Nashville, um, Columbus. Uh, Philadelphia and New Jersey. So I missed those first five games on the road. Okay. Uh, but the first home game was uh, the 23rd of October against Vancouver. Um, and it was, it was everything that I imagined it and more. And to see the people of Seattle who have been waiting so long for an NHL team and um, all of the hard work that went in, by our, mm-hmm. our our staff and our our, our organization to build uh, the building and to build the team and to see them finally rewarded for all of their hard work uh, was was remarkable. It was fascinating to be a part of that. I got goosebumps the entire night, even though we lost the game. Uh, you know, I think losing, winning that game would have just been icing on an already delicious cake because of everything that was accomplished. As a play-by-play guy, in your opinion, what's the most exciting thing to call in a hockey game? Oh, I think it's got to be overtime. It's got to be three-on-three overtime, sudden death. You get five minutes. Um, The ice opens up rarely do you have stoppages. I mean, you'll go, you'll go a minute and a half, two minutes straight in between whistles. 
Um, and, you know, odd man rushes, two on ones. You'll have one on O's. There was a, a two on O breakaway that we had. Um, and, and the goalie saved it. But, you know, you're just, oh, what a big save. Oh, you can, like, you just go insane uh, watching, watching three on three overtime. So I think three on three overtime uh, has to be the most exciting aspect of a game for me. Uh, okay. to call. I, I, I wish that the, the Kraken were on the other end of a lot of the overtime games. Unfortunately, I think we're two and five this year in overtime games, but um, I, I would like, I, I, I love the three on three overtime. That's probably the best part or the last minute of a game, third period, you're either up by one or you're down by one and you have to tie or preserve the lead and that mm-hmm. last minute of the game is some of the most exciting hockey you're going to see. Is there a team that you haven't, that the Kraken haven't played yet, that you're ex- looking forward to calling the game? I, I, what I, full disclosure, I don't know if you've called a Detroit Red Wings game yeah. with the Kraken yet. Okay, so that might have been the the answer. But yeah, so what was that like? What was that like calling a calling the game against your childhood team? It was yeah, so it was actually in Detroit when we we it was back on um, December first, and it was really it was surreal. Uh, I mean, there were there were a couple of games that I had circled on my calendar at the beginning of the season. Uh, I grew up an Oilers fan, so my first game in Edmonton, which was a preseason game, so it kind of took a little bit of the of the the luster off of it when we returned um, back uh, in in November. But my first trip to Edmonton uh, was number one, um, or I should say, was number one was on the list. Detroit, obviously, my first game back in Detroit. I wanted to. I've always wanted to go to Madison Square Garden, call a game at oh. MSG. So doing that against the Rangers, and then this past weekend, Saturday night hockey night in Canada, in Montreal. Like I grew up watching that. I, I you know what I mean for any hockey yeah. fan. So that was cool. So those four games were the ones that I've circled on the calendar. But going back home and and calling my first game in Detroit, my mom was there. I got her. Uh, I got her a Fitzhugh Kraken jersey. Um, and her and I hugged before the game. Uh, I'm actually a very emotional guy. So I actually, I cried in my mom's arms because I was like, your baby boy made it, you know, he's, he's calling an NHL game in his hometown. And, um, yeah, yeah it was cool. It was so cool. My that's, that's so cool. I had about 2015 or so 20 family and friends there, uh, calling the okay. game and, um, yeah, it was it, it was great. It was it was so cool to be able to to go back for the first time and call that game. And uh, John Forslund, who's our television guy, and, and JT Brown, everybody, they were cracking jokes. Hey, how was the parade today? You know, how was the Fitz Fitz parade? I was like, that was great. No, you missed it. Eleven o'clock in the morning, march right on down Woodward. Um, so no, <laughs> it was uh, it was it was great. It was great. And plus. Uh, it was my mom. My mom uh, had recently celebrated her birthday as well. So I got to go out for dinner oh. for her birthday. So just, just that whole week, that whole day um, was was great uh, back home in Detroit. So I, I, that was my most memorable game of the season uh, for me. All right. So have you have you 
have you called games now in every NHL arena yet? Not in every arena, but I've called okay. games against uh, all but one team. So, since so who's I, the who's the holdout? The who's holdout is Jersey. You? I would have went to Jersey, but it was that okay. first uh, uh, that first trip of the year that I had COVID. So the Devils come to Seattle later in April. So once okay. the Devils come in April, I will have broadcasted against each of the thirty-one teams. All right, so now I'm going to ask you to dish dirt. Oh, yes. Because I'm going to guess as the radio guy yep. for the visiting team, every booth is amazing. Oh, yeah. No, what's the worst booth that you've had to call in? I mean, as far as not, I don't mean in the bad way, but like, no. like, is there one that they put you in like a little, a little closet space with a, you know, with a terrible view or, or are all these <sighs> arenas now so nice that even though, even the, away team gets good good stuff as far as the space itself goes there really isn't a bad space um anaheim and florida are a little cramped like they're a little tight um so uh both myself and dave tomlinson who's on the radio is the radio color analyst we both kind of have our own little setup. We've got our own papers and laptops and stuff. So, um, you know, it can be a little bit hard to spread out in, in those two booths. I think Florida, okay. uh, yeah, Florida and at least the ones that I've been to, because I haven't been to Nashville, uh, Columbus, Philadelphia, Jersey. So I haven't been to those yet. Yeah, I haven't as, been there yet. Yeah, so, but, so, but I, would, I would say as far as the space goes, just about every booth is, is pretty, it's pretty good. Um as far as the view goes, um, I don't like Vegas because you're up and you're back in the corner. Uh, Pittsburgh, you're up back toward the corner. Edmonton, you're calling the game from Red Deer. Like you're way the <laughs> hell up there in Edmonton. Um, you know, but you're you're close to center ice, which is fine, but you're very, very high up there. Um and then the Islanders, which is brand new building that OVG, the same company that built our building, uh, beautiful, beautiful building. Uh, the press box is awesome. Uh, but the only problem is they tried to recreate the old Coliseum. So they kept the very low roof. But as a result, you can't see the scoreboard because you've got a bunch of girders in the oh. score in the way but okay. that said you can still see the ice pretty well you're kind of in the corner for the visiting team but you know you can still see the ice very well but um that that place was 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 okay but yeah other than that i mean every every other booth every booth does have a redeeming quality to it okay. um but like i said all these buildings now they're so state-of-the-art they're so brand new um you're not gonna find a truly bad uh, bad. View. I was hoping you were gonna, you know, be able to dish dirt on somebody. Well, well like like I said, the ones that I mentioned where you're where you're up, you're back, and you're either in either corner. That's a uh-huh. little rough, you know, especially because places like Seattle and Detroit, and New York, the Rangers, and Montreal, Toronto, you're right over the ice. They're in a, a gondola style, so a Calgary uh-huh. as well. Like you're you're standing right. I could probably I could probably drop my my pen by accident, and it ends up at center ice uh, at some of these wow. buildings. Oh yeah, like some of these buildings, wow. you're right on top of everything, and then others, you know, you're up and back. So, okay, you were so you're the first 
black play-by-play announcer mm-hmm. in the NHL. Mm-hmm. But you were also part of a, a, the first. What was the? It happened last month. Yes, JT and, Brown and I were uh, we were part of the first all black uh, television play-by-play broadcast um, in NHL history. So JT Brown is our color analyst on the TV side with the legendary okay. John Forslund. Um, John had a national assignment uh, the day before. And getting back over the border, we were in Winnipeg. So getting back over the border and with layovers and all that, he wouldn't have been able to get into Winnipeg until like four o'clock in the afternoon. Um, and, you know, it didn't it didn't make sense uh, on that regard. So uh, mm-hmm. JT, he gave our he gave his blessing to allow JT and I to to call that game, uh, which was which was so much fun. Um, I'd never yeah, done a TV game before. Um, oh, you've never done TV before. No, okay. I, I, I've been solely radio. I did, okay. I've done one television broadcast and I wasn't even play by play. I was, uh, okay. I was the sideline reporter uh, for the okay. ECHL all-star game back in 2018. So. So how'd you, I mean, what, what about T, what about that TV experience was something that you didn't expect? Um, so when, when, when you do, excuse me, when you do, um, uh, radio, you know, you, you have to call everything you're, you're painting, um, on a blank, on a blank canvas Mm -hmm. with television. You can see what's going on. You see the picture, you see what's happening. So for me, I had to remind myself, hey, you can you can lay out a little bit. You don't have to say everything that was going on. And, you know, I, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, that TV game was probably one of the more stressful days that I've had simply because of, you know, it, it was such a big opportunity and it was something that was historic. Um, you know, but also I was doing something completely different. I'd never done TV play by play before. So, um, but I thought, I thought the first period was, was okay. Um, and then personally me, I mean, everyone else said, oh, it was great. We, we loved it. You did fantastic. You know, you are your worst critic. So I, I'm saying to myself, no, um, but second period I thought was a lot better. Third period we were rolling after that. So, um, but it was it was really cool to to do that with him. Him and I have actually become you know we become close over these past eight months. We travel together. We're right. all in games together. You know, we're both black men in America, black men in hockey. So we we share that experience and those experiences together. So, um, you know, him and I have have. have have become pretty, pretty close. So to be able to, to call a game with, with someone that I now consider one of my good friends is, you know, how many of us get to say that I get to go to work with my good friend every day? Not a lot of us. So that was, that was fun. Did you go and watch yourself? Did you go watch the show after? I mean, was that, I mean, so you sat down your own worst critic, you watch it. Yeah painful that'd be weird painful it was yeah i went back and watched it at the end of it i kept saying and and luckily you're only on camera for all of four minutes the whole game because when you're doing play-by-play like they're not not watching you they're watching the game you're just adding um the context to the picture. So okay. I wasn't worried about being on camera, but I just think, 
you know, I, I go back and listen to a lot of my radio games that I do. You know, I'll take five, 10 minute snippets and I'll just go back and listen. And, you know, I, I don't like to I, I'll just pick random, ran, random segments because like, oh, that one mm-hmm. sounded really, really good. I'm going to go back and listen to that one. Well, no, like I know I did well this time. Right. So right. let me just pick a random spot. But I went back and I sat and watched the whole thing end to end. It was painful. Um <laughs> Again, I don't like watching myself. I don't like the sound of my, I don't like listening to myself, even though I never shut up. Um, but I, <laughs> but I, I went back and I remember saying, I was like, all right, definitely can improve. Um, I, it wasn't, you know, as, as nuclear as I thought it was, you know, cause again, in my mind, I'm saying to myself, Oh God, Oh God, Oh God, Oh God, Oh God. But when I went back and watched it, I was like, Oh, all right, this was actually that's pretty good. Okay. It's a good, good foundation. I'm not, obviously I'm not there yet. And and none of us are right. None of us sure. are, are perfect. No. Um, but I went back and I watched it and I said, okay, I, this is not, I need to give myself a little bit more credit. Um, you know, this wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. And, 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 and so that actually was kind of surprising, but again, you are your worst critic. So everyone's, Oh no, what are you talking about? You did great. You did fine. I'm like, Stop blowing smoke. Like, you can be honest with me. It's fine. I am. You're fine. I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't trust you. Um, but when I went back, I went back and watched it, and it was actually pretty good. So, so the Las Vegas Golden Knights have ruined hockey for the <sighs> teams. Those guys. Because they, they, you know, they, they win the Stanley Cup. They, they didn't win it. They made it. Oh, man. They made it. They made it. If they had won it, oh, my goodness. Yeah. But, yeah, they, right. they didn't win it. So, once again, I haven't been to a cracking game, but I do, I do, I do look at the, I look at the paper, mm-hmm. I read. Mm-hmm. They're not a particularly good team based on their record, mm-hmm. but they're an expansion team. Shouldn't be surprised, other than Vegas. You know, Vegas has teased everybody. Well, get yes. an expansion team. You'll win immediately. You'll win immediately. You screwed it up for all of us. What's it like calling this expansion team that's trying to find its identity? Um, the only word that I can use is it's, it's an honor. Uh, it's an honor to be able to be a part of, of history and to be able to, to be able to lend your voice to the 32nd team in the national hockey league. And in my opinion, the last expansion team that we see for a very long time. I, I, I can see, I can see teams maybe moving um, mm-hmm. to another market. I know Houston's always been popular and other places, but I don't think we're going to go over 30, 32 for a very long time. So it's an honor to be able to, to be on the broadcast every night and you're right. The record isn't where people would like it to be and, and, and where people would have thought it was going to be. But I can tell you that this team works as hard as any other team you're going to find in the NHL. And, and I can count on one hand the number of times since the turn of the, the, the calendar, since, since the first of the year, I can count on one hand the number of times where I've said, nah, all right, yeah, this team, 
they, they were the worst team. They, 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 they weren't the best teams tonight. Or yeah, they played bad. Um, they, they, they didn't deserve to win that game, right? This doesn't happen that often. Unfortunately, they're not rewarded for a lot of the effort that they put in. But I can tell you, night in, night out, this team gives optimal effort. Um, and it's been really cool to see the the growing pains, the successes that we have to be, even though I wasn't on the call for the first crack and win, I was on the call for the first crack and home win to be able to right. say that I got to call the first hat trick um, in, in crack in history. Mark Giordano played his 1000th NHL game. And to be able to say that I was on the broadcast for um, a guy who was going to have his number retired in Calgary. Um, mm-hmm. And, and, and we're going to be able to celebrate his 1000th game coming up on Tuesday, on Wednesday. So um, it, it's, it's been an honor. To, to be able to be here for this. Um, and even though the record isn't where folks would like, I I don't want the ride to end. You know, I, I, right. I, I it's going to come to an end. We've got 20, 20 games left, 19, 20 games left. And, okay. um, you know, I, I want, I want 19 or 20 more. Um, I'm actually expecting my first child in, in beginning of May, mid-May. So my wife is like, okay. nope, we can we can end it right here. That's fine. I want you home helping me without the kid, which I'm totally fine with. But, you know, it's it's been so much fun. It's been so much awesome. fun to be a part of this. And and looking back on it, um, it, it's, it's going to be, it'll probably be the highlight of my career. When all is said and done, being able to say, that I I was able to be a part of and I was able to help bring the first season of the Seattle crack into life. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, you only get one first season. Yeah. I mean, you only get one. that's it. Everybody gets and one. No matter, and no matter what the record shows, whether it's good or bad, yeah. it's, we all, everybody, at least in every other sport I follow, you go back and you look at, you know, you know, unless you're a Mariners fan and then you just kind of like hang your head and don't, you don't want to talk about anything. But, or a Lions um, fan. You could also be a Lions fan as well. Oh. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I forgot about that. So, you're right. yes, I feel your pain, Mariners fan. So, <laughs> let's, let we'll come back to the Kraken for it. Let me put you on the spot. Yep. So, football. Are you, you, you like football? I like so, football. What's your team? The Detroit Lions. Through through thick or thin, um, the Detroit Lions have had one playoff win since 1957. I'm going to say it again. The Detroit Lions have had one playoff win since 1957. We have not gone to a Super Bowl, we have not gotten out of the first round of the playoffs since 1992. I was three. We beat the Redskins, now the Commanders, in the wild card game and then proceeded to get mollywopped the next week. So the Super Bowl hurt, huh? No, it didn't. Okay. Because because I I I I I was happy for Matt Stafford. 
Okay. Because now I wasn't I wasn't doing all the gymnastics that a lot of my other hometown brethren okay. and sisterin were doing. Um, okay. You know, I wasn't buying Detroit Rams T-shirts, but you know, <laughs> Matt 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 Stafford and his wife uh, Kelly they they did so much for the city and and the community. They gave back. They were great ambassadors. He, he, he did everything that was asked of him. And I'm not even going to say except for win because he was never asked to win. They never put him in a position to win. Like it, he okay. did everything that they asked of him. So I was okay. happy for Matt Stafford. On the other side, I having spent five years in Cincinnati, Part of me wanted the Bengals to win, but I was also bitter because they waited until I left to not suck. And I was very bitter about that. I was like, I I lived there for five years. You guys were terrible. And now I leave and all of a sudden Joe Burrows, he, he's the savior and we're going to the Super Bowl. If they had won that Super Bowl, I was going to book a ticket to Cincinnati and I was going to celebrate with my friends. I was going to. I still got a bunch of friends, lifelong friends in in Cincinnati, you know, that are, you know, probably in the running to be the godparents of my child. Uh, You know, like Cincinnati was a great place. It's it's my second home. I love that place. But I was bitter. It was real bitter. All right. It's real bitter. Baseball? Are you Tigers? Tigers fan. Tigers? I was a Tigers fan. And I'm not saying this because I live in Seattle and I'm trying to make friends. I've actually been a Mariners fan as well. Like my backup American League team growing up was the Seattle Mariners. So as long as the Mariners and Tigers weren't playing, I was rooting for the M's. So I've actually, I'm, I consider myself pretty lucky that I get to live in Seattle because I've always been a closeted Mariners fan. All right. I, got, I asked my questions out order. I got back up to football for a second. Yeah. You're, you're a Lions fan. Yes. Your arch nemesis team. What's the team in the NH in the NFL that you're like, oh, I just can't. Like, I wish them no good professional luck. The Green Bay Packers. Okay. The Green Bay Packers. Okay. So like you can't root for them no matter what. No, don't care. Okay. And it okay. sucks because I love cheese. And I, I, but like I, <laughs> I love cheese. But if, All right. if, if I, if I didn't, if I didn't love cheese, I would, I would, I would okay. not eat cheese. I hate, I do not like Green Bay, Green Bay, Wisconsin. No, thank you. Okay. Yep, so the it. flip side of that on baseball, what's the arch nemesis for, for baseball? Cleveland. Hey, Cleveland, the guardians. Now there were the Indians. Don't like the guardians. Don't like them. I don't like, I'm actually just like, so growing up in Detroit and then uh-huh. spending most of my life in Ohio, right? Right. I'm a Michigan fan, Michigan football, Michigan basketball. Um, I wish nothing but bad things to Columbus um, in Ohio State. Um, a lot of my friends are are from Cleveland, and I I don't I don't like Cleveland. The the, the Guardians though though those are okay. my that's my nemesis baseball team. All right. Yep. And gotta ask now basketball Pistons fan. Pistons fan. Um, let's see. Okay. Probably, but see, the Pistons haven't been good for. They've a long not time. been good for a long time. I was actually I was around. Um, I remember when they won the championship in oh four. Uh, so I was going into my oh three oh four oh four oh five. I was going into my junior year of high school, 
And mm-hmm. that was actually a pretty cool experience for me because, you know, when the, when the Red Wings won the Stanley Cup, I was eight years old. I was nine years old. I really didn't get to, you know. Yeah, you're a kid. I was a kid. I was a teenager when the Pistons won. So, like, that was, like, I, that was the first championship that I'm like, oh, man. Like, I remember what happened. Like, I remember watching the games. And and I could tell you, you know, Ben Wallace and Chauncey Billups and all. Like, I, I remember everything about that team. So, that was actually, that was an exciting moment for me. So, the Pistons probably, the Pistons are my favorite team. But you're right. They're not, they're not that good. Well, I don't have a basketball team anymore. There, I, you know, there's, hope. It's, it's, hope. it's it's a matter of when, not if. I, it's 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 been a tough year to be a, a Seattle sports fan. I know, I know, but hey, so the, what's the, the what's the nemesis in the NBA? The dreaded. Oh, you know what? I didn't really have. Uh, okay. If I had to pick one, it'd be it'd be Cleveland. It'd be the Cavaliers. I LeBron. Okay. All my friends in college are LeBron fans, and like LeBron was the savior. LeBron, 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 LeBron. I don't like Cleveland. The Cavaliers are the one team I don't okay. like. Um, yeah. Okay. The Cavs. Okay. I won't ask you about hockey because <laughs> you, you, you have to call them barely. Looking forward in the Kraken's future. Yeah. What are you excited to see? What like what? Cracking going into the the Stanley Cup, of mm-hmm. course, that would be yeah. that would be amazing. But what what other sorts of milestones are you looking forward to experiencing with the Kraken? I'm looking forward to Seattle becoming a hockey town, and and what I mean by that is, I lived in Chicago when the Blackhawks won the Stanley Cup back in. 13, 13. Okay. And I was around when all of the, you know, the, the city, you couldn't go anywhere without seeing a Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, Jersey, Marion Hosa Jersey. You couldn't go anywhere without seeing Blackhawk mm-hmm. stuff. Nashville. It's, it's now Smashville. They they've turned the city into a hockey town. I am from okay. the original hockey town, Detroit, Michigan. Like right. I am looking forward to seeing our community embrace the Kraken like those other teams have. And, and I'm looking forward to Seattle turning Seattle, the, the Kraken turning this region into a hockey town, a bona fide hockey market. We already have youth hockey participation, new uh, learn to play skate, adult learn to play skate, like hockey, pe- people are, are, are getting involved and it's only mm-hmm. going to grow and get bigger and bigger and bigger. And we're, we're an organization that we, <clears throat> we live in the community. We live in the community. We want to be in the community. And, and that's what I'm looking forward to. I, I, I know this may be blasphemous to say in Seattle, but the Seattle Kraken are going to take their place alongside the Legion of Boom Seahawks in terms of what they mean to this city, what they're going to do for this city in terms of, of growing the game, growing the sport. The Sounders are doing the same thing, growing the game of soccer, growing the, 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 the culture of youth soccer. And, and the Kraken are going to be right there. So that's the one thing that I'm looking forward to is continuing to watch Seattle 
climb the Seattle sports landscape mountain. See the crack in climbing that mountain and, okay. and hopefully get to the top. All right. On the ice, Stanley Cup. That's that a winning winning team playoff. There's nothing better than playoff hockey. That playoff hockey is the best part of sports. Full stop. Okay. End of discussion. It does okay. not get better than the NHL playoffs. So the first Seattle Kraken playoff appearance is going to be unlike anything this city has ever witnessed and and i promise you that i promise everybody watching and listening to this right now there is nothing like playoff hockey like think 96 when the bulls beat the sonics and was it 96 97 are you trying to make friends here no i'm saying but no but i'm saying imagine (laughs) like remember the passion and the excitement that was here in the city during that run. Yeah. Now multiply it by 10. That's the NHL playoffs. All right. And I'm excited. Hypothetical question. Yes. Right? Completely hypothetical. You could call any sporting event in history. What would you, what, what would be like, for you, what would be like the ultimate, like if you could be there witnessing it, what would it be? Any sport, any time. Oh, man. That is a really, really good question. I would probably have to say, am I broadcasting it or am I just there watching it? Bro- what? Well, I'll give you both. Okay. You can do one of each. If I'm, if I'm watching it, it would probably be 2010 gold medal game in Vancouver, U.S., Canada, Sidney Crosby, the golden goal in overtime, being able to watch a team win an Olympic gold medal on their home ice. Oh my god. And 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 the only reason why I don't put that as a game that I would want to broadcast is because as an American, I don't want to broadcast that game because we lost that game. So, um but that would probably be the one game that I would want to be at would be 2010 seeing Canada win gold on their home soil. That okay. that was as a as a pure sports fan, that's probably the one that I would want to see as far as as far as calling a game goes. Oh my goodness. Um Yeah, there have been so many. I would probably have to say I don't know. Man, that that is, that is a very tough one. Um All right, I I would say if, if I if I could broadcast one game, I am a proud alum of Bowling Green State University. I love my Falcons to to the ends of the earth and back. So 1984, Lake Placid, New York, five overtime uh, national championship game against the University of Minnesota Duluth. Bowling Green wins their one and only championship 
in school okay. history in any sport. Okay. That would be the one. That'd be the one. All right. All right. That's yeah, that'd be yeah. that'd be fabulous to call yeah. it. All right. What's we'll wrap this up, but what about the Kraken has surprised you this year? Oh. I mean, in general, your whole experience yeah. here. What has what has surprised you? What's been like, wow, I didn't expect that. Was it the coffee in the play-by-play booth? Um, <laughs> hey, that, it's it's good, strong coffee, the way that I like it. We actually, outside of the press, outside of the radio booth, we have this candy bar. So there's like peanut <laughs> clusters and gummy worms and Sour Patch Kids and all types of stuff, and it's awesome. Um, let's see, the one that's a prime of the cracker. Ah, I think the, the thing that surprised me most about this team is just how much they enjoy playing for the city of Seattle. And even though, again, we're not where we would like to be in the standings and, and it, it's been it's been a disappointing year in that regard, I think the fact that every single day the guys are still showing up, they work hard, they practice hard, they play hard, um, they and they find time when they can to interact with the fans. Um, I, I think our entire organization, our entire front office staff, you know, ah, first year, we're not doing too well. It, it, it could be, I'm going to check out. It could be easy to check out. No one's checking out. Everyone mm-hmm. is is still committed. Everyone is still buying in. We're looking forward to to bigger, better, brighter in the future, but they're still living in this inaugural season moment. So I, I think it's it's the it's the no quit from anybody, literally every single person in that organization. Not one person has quit, has thrown in the towel, has said, "All right, we'll we'll come back next year." Everyone is still there. And that is, and again, that goes back to what I was talking about. A lot of folks from Seattle who work for us, a lot of folks who aren't from Seattle who work for us, but they are passionate in everything they do. And they are passionate about this team and about this venture. And, and they are, they are, they are, are will. They, I'll be damned if they don't see it all the way through and make this the best experience they can. Last question about hockey. Okay. Kind of going back to what you said about your that it's having the Kraken climb the mountain and be Seattle be hockey town. Yeah. You know, be a hockey town. I told you before we pushed the button that, you know, I haven't been to a, a hockey game. Mm. For my first hockey game, where should I go? And where should I sit? Oof. So where should you go? Um, in the arena, uh, you gotta go to Shaq's Fried Chicken. Like Shaq's, Shaq's Fried Chicken. That is. Oh, talking food. I mean, look at me. I mean, does it look like I miss food? Hey, Never. I, I, I find a way to sneak down there. You have to sit. Um, everyone's gonna tell you glass seats, and if, if 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 it's if it's your first game, and what's a glass seat? Is that behind the plexiglass? Yes, yeah, so you're sitting row okay. one, row A, right okay. up on the glass, banging on the glass. 
Um, you know, if it's your first game, then I would mm-hmm. recommend it, but your view is kind of obstructed a little bit. Right. I would say your best place to sit would be on either one of the straightaways. So you've got you've got the the corners and they turn to the ends. So on, mm-hmm. on, on the two, the two straightaways, about yep. halfway up the first level. So okay. you're just above the glass. So if a puck comes flying, you may be able to catch it. You're far enough away that you can see everything. You can see plays develop. You can you can just you can get a real appreciation for how fast the game is. But you're mm-hmm. also you're also close enough that you can okay. you can still feel the wind as the guys as a, as a two on three rush comes by. You you can see the whites of their eyes. You can read their lips uh, and see what they say, and you can hear what's going on on the player bench and in the press or the penalty box, I should say. So that's that okay. would be my uh, my suggestion of places to sit. Okay. All right. I'll I'm going to make that happen. You should. As we wrap this up. When you're not calling hockey, yeah. newly married, kid on the way, yeah. what do you like to do for fun? Now, sleep. Uh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> Get all the sleep that I'm going to miss out on the next 18 years till my kid goes to college. Too bad you can't bake that. Yeah, I can't, I can't bank sleep. You, you can't bake it. Yeah. Man, sorry. <laughs> um, you know what? I, I think so. What what my wife and I, we really enjoy doing. Um, and obviously she can't much now anymore because she's pregnant. But when the baby comes, we're going to get back to it. We love just walking around the city for hours. We'll, we'll pick a neighborhood. We'll go to Fremont one day. We'll go to Ballard another day. We'll, we'll, we'll pop into one place, have a beer. We'll go to a store and we'll have lunch somewhere. We just love exploring the city. We live near Carkeek Park. We'll walk the length of, I think we walked from Carkeek Park all the way to Golden Gardens Park or along the beach there once. You know, it's probably like okay. a seven mile walk. We did that. Um, we just love exploring the city, um, getting out. I mean, it is, uh, it is a, in the summertime, I don't have to tell you, it is, I've never seen a place so gorgeous. Um, sounds beautiful. Gas works. Out. We'll go grab a, a lunch, got a picnic. Mm-hmm. We'll sit on the park and watch the boats and, we just love being outside. We love being a part of Seattle. That is what we enjoy doing. And that's what I enjoy doing. And, you know, now that I'm going to have a newborn on the way, that's going to be our summer. We're going to strap them. I'll strap them in and we're going to, we're going to go explore the city. That'd be great. My get out of jail free card always is what didn't I ask you that I should have? Ooh, man. Uh, all right. So I, I got one little, one little fact that people don't know about me. Everyone always asks, someone asked me one time, what would you do if you weren't broadcasting? Like what, 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 what would you want to do if you weren't working in hockey? Um, I initially, before I got involved in sports and in broadcasting, I wanted to be a kindergarten teacher. And yeah, I wanted to be in early childhood education. So K through three, uh, that, that was, that was what I was going to do until I put the microphone on for the first time. And I said, well, sorry, kids, (laughs) we're gonna, well, but you've got a chance. You're going to have one. one. Yeah. You can, you still could do this. You can moonlight as a, as a daycare worker in the summertime. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, I really appreciate you taking yeah. all this time to sit and talk to me today. I've enjoyed it a lot. You're very entertaining. And I'm, 
you know, you're a great ambassador for the team. Uh, you're, 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 um, enthusiasm is making me want to go, go sit down and, and check out a hockey game. Sure. I really mean that that's going to be fun. Thank you. And I will report back to you on my experience. I will tell you about it. Please. So please thank you it. so much for making it happen. Scott, this is awesome. Uh, thank you so much, man. I had a blast and let's stay in touch. I'm looking forward to doing this again. Join us next time for another episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast.